And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your Monday morning weekend update. Before we start, don't forget, if you haven't already subscribed, you can get this show advertising free over on our app. By subscribing, go to theathletic.com slash NBA show, sign up. Also, guys, this week, straight deadline week, so make sure you set a reminder. Thursday, 2.30 Eastern, we got a special live trade deadline edition of Nerder She Wrote with me, Seth, Mo, we got Andrew Schlecht, and we're going to get whoever we can wrangle up as the deals roll in. These guys are going to be super busy. They cover the teams, but we're going to try to drag them in because they're the ones that know best. And we've got great beat writers at The Athletic. So we're going to be hopefully joined by a bunch of guests. But uh, the foursome, we will be breaking down all the deals live, giving you that instant analysis that you literally cannot get anywhere else because we only work at The Athletic. So uh, join us over on YouTube for that. And uh, speaking of the trade deadline, Keith... Trade season's opening salvo was fired on Friday as the Portland Trailblazers ducked the luxury tax, which is, of course, what we're all rooting for. Do I yell ding ding right then? Because it feels like I'm excited <laughs> for Portland. Oh, the fan base. They're going to throw a parade. They're, yeah. they're eating their voodoo donuts. They're going down to Powell's Books. They're saying, we did it. We did it once again. We ducked the luxury tax. That's right. Hang the banner. Uh, and the Clippers basically just said, uh, what's a tax? Yeah, um, their luxury tax bill is absurd. Uh, The Clippers get the big pieces in this trade. They acquire Norm Powell and Robert Covington for uh, what is essentially spare parts for them. Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, uh, a prospect we haven't really seen a lot out of in Keon Johnson, but I know that a lot of teams did like him in the draft. And Detroit's 2025 second-round pick. And, you know, it stands to reason, I think, that Detroit's probably gonna be like a middle of the road team by then so it's not like that's gonna be a super high second round pick uh keith just real quick i mean look norm powell's a good player you see the fit for him and covington especially covington with the clippers it's almost a perfect role for him he's gonna be able to play some small ball five for them i mean this is a, a huge upgrade for a team that somehow is just playing over their head with nobody on the roster i think most of us when we saw this trade we even knew We all knew Portland's motivation that they're going to get under the tax. Even knowing that, even looking at this trade through that filter, and after the trade was made, they're like, oh yeah, well, this gives us flexibility going forward. I was still kind of shocked by it. I don't consider Norm Powell to be a negative asset. The way this trade plays out, it seems like they're treating Norm Powell as a negative asset. Like Robert Covington, yeah, a lot of the bloom has come off that rose there, but like he's still a a decent player. He's going to, I think, fit great If Paul George comes back, he's going to be an incredible fit on this Clippers team. Even if Paul George doesn't come back. Like, say if they get this this injury news where, all right, Kawhi's not coming back. Paul George is not coming back. This is a Clippers team who've already traded away their pick for this year. Tanking does not work for them. And they just made themselves better. And I just give so much credit to that organization. 
to Balmer or whoever for paying the price. Like maybe money isn't real to Balmer because he's like the richest guy in the world, and that you know fair. But the fact that they just said, "Listen, we don't care about the tax. We're going to make our team better." What do you want, Keon Johnson? Eh, not sure he's gonna. We don't, we don't know what he's gonna turn to. Maybe he turns out great, and, and Trailblazers fans are super happy about this trade in a few years. But being able to bolster their squad, the Clippers making their team better for just sending away basically matching salary. And like Winslow, not an expiring deal. Trailblazers are paying Winslow next year. Uh, Bledsoe partially guaranteed for the Clippers to get off those guys to bring in people who are going to upgrade their rotation to do it for the price of giving up on Keon Johnson and a future second is an incredible win for the Clippers. I don't know. I'm still stunned even knowing the, uh, the Trailblazers reasoning. Yeah, I mean, look, if Kawhi and Paul George come back, everything is going to be extremely interesting. Uh, Keith, look, Opening salvo on Friday. You know how this works. We got another trade on Sunday. This one's actually been brewing for a few minutes. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers finally got their man. Karis LeVert is going to be packing his bags, and um, he's actually just going to stay in Cleveland because the Pacers are, of course, in Cleveland for a game on Sunday. This just matched up perfectly, Keith. More teams need to trade with the other team that's in the physical building with them one hour before tip-off. In my opinion, that's how most trades should occur. I actually think that more trades should happen live in person. This is why they should do some sort of a mid-season tournament, but everyone in one place, almost like Summer League, so you get all these deals done. Uh, But in the deal, the Pacers are going to receive Ricky Rubio, who is, of course, sadly out for the rest of the season with the torn ACL. Cleveland's first-round pick this year, which is going to have a lottery protection, but... Uh, they're not going to be in the lottery and a couple of second round picks. So uh, this for the Pacers is the first move of what is likely to be a really busy week and moving Karis LeVert. I mean, I think that that makes it easier for them to move the other guys that they want to move, Keith. So one of those second round picks they got, one of the second round picks the Pacers got is the Rockets second round pick. That's a very good second round pick. This is an incredible bit of work, in my opinion, for the Pacers like they they you know they got roped into the James Harden trade they ended up with Karis LeVert they they were they were able to have him and they knew they weren't going to pay him eventually like they they signed him to an okay contract but like he's not a long term i think answer for them i think the whole time they were like let's just get this guy honestly as an asset play we're going to try to be good obviously with Rick Carlisle but it hasn't worked out they struggled this year and they wanted to flip him and they're flipping him for this first round pick and these seconds i think is a great bit of work for the Cavaliers i understand it I hate it. I just don't... I don't know why they're making these trades. They're giving up, like, a good second-round pick and they're giving up their first-round pick. And their their best players are Jared Allen, who's locked up and very, very young. Darius Garland, year three, making a leap, first-time All-Star. And then, arguably, their best player is a rookie. Why are you spending your future assets now? I mean, I guess if they view Karis LeVert as a building block going forward, maybe... This is a guy who has not played over 50 games in five years. This is a guy who is a shoot first, kind of ask questions later guy, not efficient at all, not known for defense. I understand it. This is a Cavs team that's having a great season, that's very, very good, has an amazing defense, and they needed buckets. They just needed buckets. And maybe it'll work out for them. You get to the playoffs, it slows down. You need someone just to create shots. Maybe Allen and Mobley can get all the missed shots. Maybe the offensive rebounds are going to go up. But I I don't love it. I I think it's too big of a risk for where the Cavs are currently. Um, But maybe, again, 
they like winning and they wanted to go for it. So I, maybe I can't blame them, but I still, uh, my initial reaction was I, I don't, I, I would not have done that myself if I were running the Cavs. Look at this. It, it makes them better in the short term and it could limit their long term growth, but I am never going to knock a move for a professional sports team that is trying to win now. Like that is the name of the game. Life is short. Try to win now, please. There you Thank go. you. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. On Saturday, LeBron James came back from a five-game absence due to some swelling in his knee. And, of course, Keith comes back, drops a triple-double. That's all that happened in this game, right? It was just run-of-the-mill. Oh, man, crazy overtime game, Keith? Okay, so the Lakers just can't have a normal game, and the, the Knicks were absolutely wiping the floor with them in the first half. What happened in the first half, Keith? Well, I, the Knicks were making three-pointers. The Lakers, as they're wont to do, were not making three-pointers, and it looked like a, an embarrassing loss. I know Lakers fans were all fired up because Vogel finally made some lineup changes, especially with LeBron James uh, coming back, you know, Avery Bradley moving to the bench. They are like, this is what we need, this is what we want, and it was a disaster in the first half. Then in the second half, everything turned around, and we got an incredible show. And honestly, I got to give credit to the league for using a primetime network game to showcase two middling, mediocre, under 500 teams. I love to see the league giving a spotlight to everybody. Well, it's LeBron James. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, by the <laughs> way, a little bit of a conspiracy theory here for you, Keith. He did score 29 points in this uh -huh. game. Okay, he's yeah. currently averaging 29.1 points per game. Uh, and after missing those five games, he was at risk of not being in the running for the scoring title at the end of the season. So something to watch that I know you're going to love, but 29 points, very important. Very important, Keith. Uh, also with 29 points in this game, Malik Monk. He had 18 points in the third quarter, part of that huge comeback. That's the most uh, points he scored in a quarter this season. And Malik Monk, he can do this. He can get hot. I mean, he was as hot as he's been all season, I think, in this game. Wound up four of eight from three. And it's pretty clear here that that the, the pecking order of guys that can play, I mean, all three guys had at least 28 points. The three guys on the Lakers that can that can actually play offense, you had 29 from Malik Monk, you had 29 from LeBron James, you had 29 from Anthony Davis. That's that's their big three, right? That's there's it, no other right? There's no other famous big three player on the Lakers. I mean, you're, you're, well, you're joking around it. This is my Westbrook, next note. It's, that's the story. Is, yeah, here's my next note, Keith. Um, what is happening with Russell Westbrook? It, it can only be described by me, somebody who has enjoyed watching Russell Westbrook, agent of chaos, as sad. He was 1-10 in this game. He's benched again. The fans were booing him, trying to encourage well, like they him were yelling, not they to They were shoot. just booing. They were Don't yelling no shoot. when the ball goes to him in the corner. It, that's, that's tough. How do you yeah, come back? I, I give that? him credit. I mean, I, I give the team credit. Anthony Davis talked about it in the postgame. Russell Westbrook did media postgame. I mean, Russell Westbrook is, is an incredible competitor. He's an all-time great player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he also just like, he's so good with the media. Where he's like, yeah, I, you know, it's the coach's job to decide who goes in the game. I want to play well, but we got the win. And that's the most important thing. He understands. But yeah, I don't know what's happening. He, he has lost 
I don't know if it's confidence, just the shot, the stroke. He tries to bank in shots, and they're and they're nowhere close. It's it's you know when the crowd turns on you and is yelling to not shoot, uh, it, it's kind of hard to watch. But I mean, you give the credit to the other Lakers players, Malik Monk stepping up huge. Uh, you give the credit to Vogel for for doing what he had to do and pulling him out of the game. And again, LeBron James with the triple double, like they get the win, the comeback win in overtime. But you know. I don't know. What, do you think this team, like this Lakers team, they're not going to fall to the play-in because no one's coming for them. Right. Um, they, there still is a path to them having a pretty successful year. I mean, they're not coming out of the West, but I think they're going to be extremely... They have a chance to be very competitive the rest of the year. Um, but maybe no. Do you, do, you, like, do you agree with that? I mean, I don't think anybody wants to play LeBron and Anthony Davis in, in the playoffs. I mean, at least LeBron, for sure. Anthony Davis, you know, it's iffy. Let's see how he looks that come that time. Um, but yeah, th- this team doesn't have a lot of avenues to make itself better. Doesn't have a ton of assets. I mean, there's this whole, you know, everyone's waiting on Kendrick Nunn. Cool. Uh, if he's going to save your season, uh, what are you doing? Uh, but 122, 115, and now the Lakers are 26 and 28 on the year. And so, you know, Keith, like you said, there's not really anyone coming to take a play in spot away from them in the West. I, right, I can't. Right. You know, like, is it the Pelicans? It. I mean, are the Trailblazers going to keep selling off parts? You know, what was their, now they're under the tax, or are they going to stop? Or are they going to continue moving pieces like Nurkic, uh, CJ McCollum, or those guys on the move later this week? You know, it's hard to say uh, who exactly is going to make a run. Are the Kings going to be buyers and try to get into that 10 spot? But they're not catching, I don't think anyone's catching the Lakers. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, and, and let's talk about this game on Sunday between the Nuggets and the Brooklyn Nets, 124-104. And honestly, Keith, it probably wasn't even that close. Uh, for real, 29 second-half points scored by the Brooklyn Nets in this game. And, and Kyrie Irving, 27 points, um, you know, still has looked pretty good. But their defense, it started disappearing. You know, they had that great start to the year, first month, First six weeks or so, defense was excellent. It has abandoned them at this point. And, and you know, Nikola Jokic is going to do what Nikola Jokic is going to do. 27-point triple doubles. He just wakes up and has those. And if your defense is bad, everyone else is going to go off too. You got 21 from Will Barton. You got 12 from Monte Morris. I mean, it just – the Nets cannot get stops. And that ultimately is why they've now lost eight in a row, Keith. It's unbelievable, and when you say like the Nets, you know, eight straight losses, um, there's all the rumors around trades for James Harden. Before the game, Steve Nash says, no, we're not trading James Harden, but Harden sits out another game where I, I believe I believe on Saturday he was questionable, and people thought maybe he would come back, decided he's going to sit out once again. It's not just they scored 29 points in the second half. They scored 46 fewer points in the second half than they scored in the first half. They scored... 75 points in the first half. They went 40 in the first quarter, 35 in the second quarter, and then 29 in the second half. The wheels totally fell off. Nikola Jokic, MVP candidate, carrying a zombie squad of just dudes. Just got like, hey, is Jermichael Green's turn to start? Let's do it. 
And like they ran the Nets out of the building in the second half. I don't know what the Nets are going to do. Like, do they just, you just wait? You sit on your hands for the trade deadline. You hope everyone gets healthy. Eventually, Kevin Durant's coming back. Um, eventually, New York changes its vaccine laws or something. James Harden is going to be healthy. But like, none of these guys are young. Harden, I mean, even Irving, but like Harden and Durant, not young. We've, we got bad news. The Nets got bad news this week that Joe Harris possibly not going to come back at all. He had to have a second procedure. And so, like, it, it's a team that's all in. They got to blow it up. They're all in, but what do you do now? And honestly, it opens a window. It opens windows where I feel like if you're a fan of another team, if you're a fan of the Phoenix Suns, if you're a fan of the Golden State Warriors, if you're a fan of my team, the Memphis Grizzlies, you're looking around league-wide and you're saying, wait, is the is the window open right now? And will that maybe push more teams to say, like, hey, what can we do uh, on the edges ahead of the trade deadline? Maybe we should. We were saving it for the future, but maybe this is a, an opportunity right now with the Nets down, with the Bucks missing Brooke Lopez, uh, to say, hey, maybe let's go for it. And, and one of those uh, teams is going to be, I think, the Philadelphia 76ers. I, I'm, I still think that they're going to swing something big. We keep hearing the, the Ben Simmons move likely to happen in the summer because they don't want to just make a win now move but the truth is Keith the landscape of the NBA is wide open right now and if you will just push some chips into the table you might actually win a title that's going to do it for the show folks we got basketball buds coming up next they're going to have more trade talk they're going to talk about some of the rumors and go over the deals in a little bit more detail Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that right here on the Athletic NBA show hope you guys have a great start to your week Keith Get out of here. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.